Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. You may have heard the news going on over the last couple of weeks about Kroger and Albertsons wanting to get married. And I want to know, should you care? You shop with either of these supermarkets? If you live in a market, which most everybody does, that Kroger or Albertsons is in, how's it going to affect what you pay for groceries? Also, talked about how you're going to pay more for heating costs this winter. But things have escalated, and I have specific advice for you, particularly if you live in the Mid-Atlantic or New England, there are some concerns that I have I want to make sure you're aware of. Uh, I also want to mention that this is the week that is your last chance to buy Series I savings bonds at the very high 9.62% interest rate that you'd earn for the next six months. If you've heard me talk about it for the last year, about the Series I savings bonds and you just never got around to it, this is it. Procrastination does not pay. Get it done. Go to savingsbonds.gov to get this done. After this week, the rate's going to drop to about 6.5% for the following six months, which is still much better than you can earn anywhere else on your savings. Kroger and Albertsons getting married Virtually every article I've seen in the financial press and the general press, it's been reported on TV, is woe is me. Here we are in the middle of this horrible grocery price inflation. And you let these two large grocery chains get married. (laughs) Nothing but trouble for us. Okay. So not true. So not true. This is a classic case of a merger based on weakness. The reality is traditional supermarkets that are high lows, which is how the traditional supermarket industry works, that most items have high markups, and then every week they'll have the sales flyer with a certain number of items on sale to make you feel like it's not as expensive, uh, that these companies the share of your grocery dollar keeps going down and down and down and down because we have a zillion alternatives. Even after Kroger and Albertsons merge, if that is ultimately approved by regulators, they'll still only be the second largest distantly trailing Walmart. Walmart is a classic example that the lowest price day in and day out wins. And Walmart sells by far the most groceries in the United States. They have disrupted the industry, but people think about Walmart and they think that's it. People buy groceries all different places now. And so 
if you wanted to guess who the third largest supermarket is now in the United States, you'd never guess it's Costco Wholesale. That's right. So you got Walmart number one, Costco number three. Nothing about this merger would change either of those things. But it's not just those two. You've got the fastest growing supermarket in the United States, Aldi, that now has the third most locations of any supermarket in the U.S. and growing like gangbusters across the country. Their German rival, Lidl, steadily adding stores along the eastern seaboard. And we buy, people buy groceries at Dollar Tree, Dollar General, Target. We have so many options. And as I've talked about how you fight grocery price inflation, that's been so bad, ugly, it involves two strategies. One, where you shop. And two, how you put together your grocery list. And if you haven't heard me explain the reverse shopping list, This is core and key. Reverse shopping list is where you take what's on sale that week and that forms the core of your list instead of doing what we traditionally do, which is we build our list, the things we want to buy, and then we're like, how could it be that much money for blueberries? Well, you don't buy blueberries if they're expensive this week, but if raspberries are the bargain, you buy them. Product substitution, it's what we do. Another example of product substitution, a lot of people just think they must overpay for detergent and paper towels and toilet paper and dishwashing liquid and blah, blah, blah. The brand name advertising hitting you all the time from Procter & Gamble and the key brand name competitors trying to convince you that your clothes are going to embarrass you if you don't buy some overpriced version of Tide. Well, the reality is, because of the squeeze on our wallets, people product substitute. People are buying store brands instead of buying the name brands. People are buying what's on sale instead of the brand that they've emotionally been married to. These are the things we do to protect our wallet in a time of rising prices. Tell you the funny thing, when people are feeling flush in the wallet, they tend to buy more advertised brands. When people feel more squeezed, they're like, huh, I really love that, I don't know, Charmin or Quilted Northern or whatever, toilet paper. But then they figure, well, they'll do just fine using the store brand, using Sam's Club private label or the Costco, or whatever private label they might buy, or trading down to a different brand name. And that's what we do when we feel squeezed. As we face these cost pressures, there are ways we can attack them, and we just got to implement them so that we can stretch every dollar. And Krista, I know anytime I talk about toilet paper, we got Clark Stinks about me saying that you know, you don't have to buy Charmin. Mm-hmm. Well, are I think... You, are you a Charmin household? We are from Costco, but Costco has that new, softer version of the toilet paper, and it's never at my warehouse, but I saw they have it online, so I think we're going to try that. So the Costco, it comes kind of like a pink color yes. label instead of the blue. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people complain about the 
regular Kirkland Signature toilet paper. Yeah, I but don't they like love it. the premium. But it means, see, this is shocking to me because you live in that ritzy neighborhood of yours. Uh-huh. And usually <laughs> the Costco's in really ritzy areas like yours will stock the, do they call it the super plush? I'm not Kirkland sure. Kirkland Signature or whatever. They'll stock it. So I'm really surprised you have to order that online. I've never seen it. You know, it was just on sale for $6 off at Costco.com. Did you miss that sale? I missed it. I missed it. Oh, man. Okay. But everybody uses toilet paper, so I think it, it's, a, it's a topic of conversation for sure. And on Clark Deals, I want to mention, one of the, the most popular things when they have deals on laundry detergent and other things, like for a dollar that you can order online, like those go crazy. So we're trying to keep up with all those essentials as they get more expensive. Let's start with Susan in Virginia here. She says, I have not heard you mention that Amazon has a pharmacy section and Prime members can get additional discounts on some drug prescriptions. I now look at Amazon Prime in addition to GoodRx, Costco, and Cost Plus drugs before purchasing. Thanks for your years of advice. Some good, some, eh, I love Clark Stinks. And for speaking with me several years ago when I was trying to decide if I should sell or rent my townhouse. Thanks to your 1% advice. You might want to explain that. I kept the townhouse, made a nice income through the years, and a great profit when I sold last year. So uh, Amazon years ago bought a pharmacy operation, a mail order pharmacy operation, that does a very clever thing where your pills are prepackaged for you by the day. So you don't have to use one of those pill sorters or anything like that. And Amazon has not been able to establish significant market share, even though their prices are decent. And if you are an Amazon Prime member, you should certainly look at their pharmacy section to see if, in fact, you can get a good price. Just as Susan has said, the other thing is Susan mentioned the 1% rule. 1% rule is if you're looking at buying a rental and let's say the price is $300,000, you need to be able to get 1% of that each month in rent for the math to really work for it being a rental property, which would be 3000 a month. In her case, she used the 1% rule based on current market value to keep a place a rental property. But then the value went up way beyond what she could get in rent, the equivalent 1%. So she sold it and made a great profit. And if you remember, that's exactly what I did. I sold two rental properties when values went way up over the last few years. And one of them I'd had as a rental since the 1970s. And the math just became compelling to sell it because the rent just didn't rise along with how much the value went. So that's why you use the back of the envelope 1% formula. Brad in Illinois says, I was one of the kids in the back seat with parents listening to you on the radio, and now my wife and I are expecting our first. Congratulations. My question is, before the baby arrives, does it make sense to open a 529 in my name and begin funding it? Also, if we fund the maximum tax deductible amount for our state each year, $20,000, when should we be concerned about overfunding? Okay. So first thing, congratulations on the baby. Second thing, don't make your baby do what you had to do and listen to me as a little kid in the car seat. Um, Third thing is your baby's coming soon enough. Don't go ahead and open the 529 naming yourself as owner and beneficiary 
although you can do that, just wait till the baby comes along and do that. Your first priority is fully funding a Roth IRA. If you have an HSA, that comes before the 529. If you're doing the good job saving money, otherwise, once your baby's born, go ahead and open the 529. Pay close attention to the expenses on the 529 plan you're looking at. We have a cheat sheet at Clark.com that'll walk you through the best 529 plans in the country. It is not a victory to go in a high-cost 529 plan to get a state tax benefit versus going into a low-cost plan that does not have a state tax benefit. Usually will be a superior choice over the 18 years or so you're building up money. As far as overfunding, if your baby is likely to go based on family tradition to a private college, you will not be able to overfund a 529 because of how much private college will cost in 2041. I would not worry about that. And I would put in as much as you can, at least up to the max state tax benefit you can get. But if it's 20K and you're funding that for five years and then it grows, I mean, don't you think then you want to stop? At a hundred grand? I mean, I think about what private college costs at an elite private college. Today, we're talking about over four years, $300,000. So I don't know that I'd stop at a hundred grand. Ask me in five years. Mark in Florida says, Clark, I love your show. Sometimes my wife gets tired of me quoting my good friend, Clark Howard. My question, both my wife and my daughter have over $6,000 in savings and have never started a Roth IRA. It is earned income. I know you typically recommend dollar cost averaging, putting in a little every month. With the market being down significantly, would it be okay to put $6,000 in at once since it's towards the end of the year? So Mark... Yeah, you could go ahead and do the lump sum and then moving forward, put in money monthly. We don't know where the bottom is going to be for the stock market. No one can call that. I mean, odds are we're much closer to the bottom. I mean, the decline we've had is the greatest share of the decline, although there are always situations unexpected where the decline just keeps going on and on and on and on. But that would be unusual. The recession that we're going to have is still likely to be a shallow recession, barring what might happen with the war in Europe. So I'm comfortable with you going ahead and putting in the lump sum. In addition, thinking, especially with your daughter, this is a long, long, long game here with the Roth money. And if in your wife's case, it's 20 years or more, go ahead, put in the lump sum. And then moving forward in 23, put in money on a regular basis in each Roth. And real quick, this came in last week from Victor in Illinois. With you being a professional football's number one fan, can we have your opinion of Jarrett's tackle of Brady? So Tom Brady gets privilege no other NFL player gets. That was not roughing the passer. That was classless that Tom Brady kicked Grady Jarrett. Not cool. But I shouldn't say anything bad about Tom Brady because he's having a really tough time personally. He's losing his wife. Brady did the right thing when he quit. He did the wrong thing when he came back. And this is a pretty bitter, somewhat sweet season for him. Even if Tampa Bay turns it around and makes the playoffs, he should have stayed retired. So that's it 
for NFL football for today's podcast, but we have much more content coming for you. I don't want you having to be wrapped up in blankets watching a football game in your home. We're going to talk about what this winter is going to present to your wallet with home heating, and there are some steps I want you to follow. We're going to talk about straight ahead. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So this is not a laughing matter at all. This is going to be brutal for many families this winter because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The cost of heating your home this winter is going to be up about 25%. Now, if the winter is unusually mild, it will be less than that. But if we have a brutal winter, gosh, we could even see energy costs up as much as 50% above what we paid for home heat this past winter. And this is, uh, this is terrible, but just remember the people of Europe are facing potential winter Armageddon like in the Dark Ages because they may actually run out of energy to heat much of Europe this winter. If the winter is extremely cold, it will be like before 1850 in Europe. It'll be just unbelievably bad. In our case, it's going to be a monetary issue. In their case, it may be no heat at all. War is disruptive. So this is going to be really, really hard on people's wallets in the United States. And I talked a few weeks ago about taking the quick steps you can to reduce the amount of energy you use this winter with caulking and weather stripping, if you haven't done so, putting in one of the artificial intelligence thermostats led by Nest is kind of the poster child of it, but there are a lot of these. And do the simple things that you can do in a hurry that will reduce your consumption. If you can afford to do so and you own your own home, almost certainly you don't have adequate insulation in your house and the attic, and you may be able to blow in in the walls. That is a way you can reduce your energy consumption enough to dial back the cost of heating this winter to what it was before the cost of energy has gone up so much. Now, I want to say something here that I got to be so careful saying that there are parts of the United States in the Mid-Atlantic in New England where people heat with home heating oil. It is a derivative of 
oil, it's a distillate, and it could be in very, very short supply this winter, and maybe there could be time periods where it's not available. Now, there's a story I tell very infrequently, but it happened when we were in an energy crisis in 1973. I was a freshman in college, and we went home at Christmas in 1973, there was no internet, nobody used a phone. I got a simple one-page letter from my university, which was the American University, saying because the heating oil shortage, they had a boiler and our heat in American U came from heating oil. We don't have a supply of heating oil to reopen campus, and we will send you another letter when we will reopen. And sure enough, we didn't go back, didn't go back, and finally I got a letter, and then they had to extend the spring semester into the summer because we went back so late. And that's how severe it can be. That was a long time ago. That's almost 50 years ago. Anyway, I know this is going to be something that I'm going to get angry feedback on. But if you heat with home heating oil or with propane where you live, I'd like you preventatively to buy a couple of electric heaters that you can plug in. Make sure they are completely safe heaters for you to use. But you want to have a couple of heaters so that if you do not have whole house heating at some point in the winter, you can at least zone like the British do and keep the bedrooms warm enough while you sleep, have uh, some heat on in the living room and kitchen when you're awake, and know that you have a reliable supply of heat, especially if you have older relatives who live in a home that is heated with home heating oil or propane. Having some electric portable heaters is a really good idea to take this winter. Something I have not recommended in 15 or 20 years, but the circumstance today fits that again. Krista? Okay, related to this, Arturo in Oklahoma wrote in and said, should I lock in my natural gas rate for this winter with the potential shortage that is expected in Europe? I'm not sure how the supply in the U.S. will be because of this. The energy markets are worldwide for most sources of energy, and natural gas has been affected by the games Putin's been playing with natural gas supply to Europe. And so LNG terminals in the United States are working overtime, sending the liquefied version of natural gas to Europe to try to help them prevent mass freezing deaths this winter. And so that, being a worldwide market, has led our prices higher. It's impossible It is impossible to predict how this is going to play out over the next many months because we don't know the turns the war is going to take and we also don't know what kind of weather patterns we're going to have. And so normally I tell people who are in states where you can fix the price of your natural gas to do so late summer. We're now already well into the fall So now it's like a 50-50 bet. So if you lock in, you know what you're going to pay through the winter. If the winter ends up being mild, 
with prices of natural gas being elevated, you'll end up paying too much, but you'll know the certainty of what you're paying. If you're offered the option in Oklahoma of doing a six-month lock-in, go ahead and do it. Just so you know you're good through the winter heating season, we'll have a better idea of where world markets are in the spring, and then you could look and, and float for a while, and sometimes spring to late summer, lock in longer term on your natural gas. But again, this is virtually a flip of a coin. Todd in Connecticut says, I've been looking into options to be able to have solar and battery backup for our home. I currently do not have solar. I've looked at portable battery and solar options, but the cost to power our 2,000 square foot home would be between twenty dollars and $30,000. Tesla Solar and two power walls have an estimate of $30,000. Is there a quality, cheaper option you could recommend, and what would Clark do? Oh, boy. Uh, this one's so tough, Todd. You and I have talked about yes. this for your house repeatedly. So when you look at the communities in Florida that were in the direct path of the hurricane that did not have power outages like Babcock Ranch and two other smaller situations, they were all what are called microgrids. They were connected to the traditional power grid, but they as communities had their own supply of power and we're just fine through it with the solar and the battery backup. It is a very efficient way to do it as a microgrid. And some of the monopoly utilities have gotten them outlawed in certain states. But a microgrid is where a neighborhood cooperatively puts in solar and battery backup together. Or a community will do it beyond a neighborhood. That is much more price efficient and much more robust and successful at being able, in a time of the grid being down, to degrid temporarily and have that area have reliable power. Doing microgrids is the smartest way today to do power in the United States, and it helps us out in the event a foreign enemy uh, wants to take down our power supply, microgrids are the most robust method of defense. For you as an individual, doing the solar and battery backup, the payback is long, 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 not forever, but it's long time, not generally considered to be the most efficient use of money. But putting in a generator at your house, a natural gas generator, is not necessarily the most efficient use of money either. The reason you're doing it is to have a reliable power supply, which the monopoly utilities are no longer seemingly capable of providing. So if you put solar up, that pays off. That's pretty clear. You do solar with the battery backup to be able to degrid in the event of a power outage. It's not about the payback in dollars and cents. It's about the reliability of a power supply to your home. But ultimately, where the math works, both from a reliability standpoint and from homeland security, and ultimately for our wallet, is to do microgrids as neighborhoods or communities. 
Okay. So would you go for it? No, I mean, I said, it's really not a dollars and cents question. Right. If you want the comfort at your home, you want to know you're going to have the reliable supply and you may get back a lot of that cost when you go to sell your home because you can show somebody how low your bills are and that you have reliable electricity 24-7, 365, you may get back a lot of that cost when you sell. But if you look at just the straight payback during your ownership cycle, it's pretty much not forever, but close to it when you do the solar with the battery backup at your own home right now. Does that help? Yes. Okay. Because you and I have had this conversation again and again. Mm -hmm. And I guess it just clicked right then. huh? I just want to make sure you answered his question because he wanted to know what would Clark do. So given an opportunity today, I would do it because I'm so much into Homeland Security for one thing. And we've got to do these microgrids because the threats that we face from foreign state actors that we've got to be prepared for as a country. So I, I know that we didn't get to anywhere near all the questions that are burning that you might have, but know that you've got a question you want one-on-one guidance on. We do that for free. We've been doing so for our anniversary, 30-year anniversaries coming up in just weeks. We are here to serve you at the Team Clark Consumer Action Center. It's free for you. You can talk to one of our team members at 636-49-CLARK, and we're available to answer your questions from 10 in the morning Eastern to 4 in the afternoon Eastern time, Monday through Friday, except holidays. And if you hate it when somebody gives a vanity number, the number you dial all digits is 636-492-5275. Have a great day.